Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, a new bank rate survey finds 75% of Americans are relying on their tax refund to improve or maintain their overall financial situation. But nearly 7 in 10 of those have at least one concern about that refund weighing on their mind. We'll take a closer look. Also this morning, the Trojans' basketball season came to an end this week in the district semifinals. Finley head coach Jim Rookie reflects on the team and its accomplishments this year. Is it ever a good idea to fiddle with a successful formula? Samuel Adams master brewer Jim Cook explains the reasoning behind the company's recent decision to remaster their popular Boston lager. And we have a special collection of Lenten recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition. For Friday, March 3rd, 2023. So, spring break right around the corner. Um, We've been talking about this kind of off and on for the past couple of weeks. And if you are planning a trip to Florida for spring break, this is news you will want to be aware of. A 30-year ban on alcohol on the beaches at Fort Lauderdale has finally been lifted giving tourists and locals more freedom to unwind on the beach. Now, that being said, there are still a few rules in place. Only certain hotels are allowed to sell drinks on the beach, and they also have to apply for a permit if they are located between Sunrise Boulevard and Holiday Street. To be served, you must be a hotel guest or rent a beachfront chair. So, (laughs) you got to basically pay for your right to buy drinks on the beach. Um, Not everyone is thrilled about the new hotels-only drinking rule. Uh, Bill Brown of the Central Beach Alliance says, how is it that I'm not allowed to take a cooler over to the beach if I'm sitting within 100 feet of a hotel zone that's allowed to serve alcohol? So it still seems a bit odd, but uh, those are the new rules, Fort Lauderdale. Just in time for spring break. Speaking of vacation, this I thought was kind of interesting. Would you would you be interested in going on a vacation, an extended vacation? Most for most folks, spring break is what maybe a week, maybe even just a weekend, just a quick few days. Um, we don't call them spring break uh, vacations; we just call them spring breaks because they're generally shorter than a video. What is the length of the ideal vacation for you? Would it be a week? Would it be two weeks? What? How about a vacation lasting three years? Uh, The MV Gemini by Life at Sea Cruises will launch on November 1st on a three-year cruise visiting 135 different countries. 135 countries in three years. The cruise will depart from Istanbul and pick up passengers in Barcelona and in Miami. The trip includes stops on every continent, and the ship will dock for up to a week at each location. A standard cabin will cost about $30,000 per person per year. And again, this is a three-year vacation. So you're talking 90 grand to start. Uh, well, a standard cabin. And there might be a budget version, but the most luxurious cabin, which features a balcony, will set you back about $110,000. So, wow. 
That is crazy. A three-year vacation. I, if you've got the money, though, wouldn't that be cool? Every continent, 135 countries, three years. I, I At first, when I first heard about this, I thought three years on a cruise ship. I don't know if I could do that. But again, when they dock, you get a week at each location. So it's not like you're spending three solid years on board a cruise ship. Um, you'll get plenty of breaks. But... Uh, Wow, that is something else. Uh, now I have something to look forward to in retirement. I think. Before you know it, Mother's Day is going to be here. What does mom really want for Mother's Day? A new poll finds that over half of moms, what they really want is quality time with their family. Uh, research finds that 25% of moms say they do not have enough spare time to spend with their kids and their significant other because of either work chores or not enough time in the day. 58% of those polled also want more free time to themselves. Some activities that moms would love to do uninterrupted include reading a book, watching TV, doing a creative hobby, or, or just going to the bathroom without being interrupted. Mom's wishes for Mother's Day are really simple. Just let me go to the bathroom interrupted if you've got little kids you know uh what that's all about uh let's see here speaking and we would do anything for for our parents right we do anything for our parents this story out of kirkwood missouri about a daughter and her dad uh delaney ivanowski is a 25 year old nurse at mercy hospital in st louis her dad, John, uh, has a, a type of kidney disease that meant he had to be on dialysis for four to five hours a day, four days a week, and uh, while he was waiting for a, a kidney transplant. And uh, the uh, doctors had told him that it might be years before they would be able to find him a suitable donor. Well, his daughter, the nurse... Delaney um, wanted to donate her kidney. He would not let her. He would not let her daughter, his daughter, donate her kidney to him because he didn't want anything to happen to her. He had this uh, this fear that if something went wrong, something would happen to her, and he didn't want that to happen. So she did all of this in secret. Now, mind you, she's living at home with her mom and dad. And she's going through this month-long process of getting approved to be her dad's kidney donor because she didn't want him to potentially have to wait years to find a donor. Uh, her dad, John, said he had no idea what his daughter was up to, but he does remember getting the life-changing phone call last August that the transplant team had found a donor. The day after the surgery was when John learned that his anonymous donor was his daughter when she walked into his hospital room wearing a hospital gown rather than her standard nursing uniform. Delaney posted a video of the moment, which has since gone viral on TikTok, uh, garnering hundreds of thousands of views. Isn't that absolutely awesome? If you've not seen that story, it is absolutely awesome. The things that uh, we will do for our parents, and more, more specifically, the things that 
our parents will do for us, what they would be willing to endure so that we don't have to uh, put ourselves at, at risk. He didn't want her to be a donor. Uh, he would have rather gone through dialysis four to five hours a day, four days a week for who knows how many years, rather than let her his daughter uh, donate her kidney because he didn't want anything to happen to her. She said, to heck with that, I'm doing it anyway. She said, story with a happy ending, but that is all kinds of awesome. It's all the way around. Um, by the way, Delaney's going to be fine, and so is John. So, story with a happy ending. Uh, a couple of other uh, stories among the first things you need to know, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories on this Friday morning. How crazy is this? Apparently, Japan, the the uh, nation of Japan, has 7,000 more islands than previously thought. <laughs> That's just crazy. That'd be sort of like waking up and realizing that we had 12 more states that we didn't know we had in the United States. Japan has 7,000 more islands than previously thought. Digital mapping done by the Geospatial Information Authority in the nation of Japan has found that the country has over 14,000 islands in its territory, and that is more than double the figure that has been the official number since 1987. (laughs) The discovery, however, is not leading to a change of the overall land area in the country's possession, but it's just more islands than what they... So it's kind of like uh, waking up and realizing that California uh, is like a dozen smaller states instead of one that we just thought it was one, and that's actually several smaller states. It's weird. And uh, there is big news for those who... Well, historically, we we think of uh, fast food as not being the healthiest meals uh, in the world. But if you but there you have a little less guilt. Uh, a new study uh, says that the healthiest cheeseburger among popular fast food restaurants. Well, I don't know if this is going to make you feel any better or not. Um, is a new study from gambling.com, and I'm not sure what gambling.com has to do with <laughs> healthy fast food or whatever, but the, the website uh, examined the fat, sugar, sodium, and calorie count for several well-known cheeseburgers uh, on standard uh, fast food menus. And uh, what they found is the number one healthiest cheeseburger, although I would imagine healthiest being a relative term in this case, but the number one healthiest cheeseburger among popular fast food restaurants, Whataburger. (laughs) Uh, You find them all over primarily Texas and much of the South, but Texas, real big Whataburger territory. is the number one healthiest uh, fast food cheeseburger. Um, It found that the Whataburger with cheese was the healthiest of all of the options. Number two, in and out. <laughs> I looked at that and I said, well, that stinks. <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't have either of those. That's just rotten right there. <clears throat> anyway, there you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your TGI Friday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Rain showers expected today. They could be heavy at times, a high of 40. More rain tonight, a low of 35. 
The National Weather Service has issued a flood watch for today. Forecasters say a strong storm system will bring one to two inches of rainfall across the area with locally higher amounts possible. The heavy rainfall combined with previous wet conditions could lead to river rises and flooding. Some snow and sleet are also in the forecast as the high temp today will be around 40 degrees. It's also going to be windy with gusts up to 40 miles per hour. Remember, you can always get your full forecast as well as a look at area river levels on our website. Registration is open for the United Way of Hancock County's 29th annual Days of Caring for both nonprofits looking to submit projects for help and the volunteers who will complete them. So many good things happen in Hancock County because of volunteerism and collaboration. You can visit the volunteer page at uwhancock.org to learn more. United Way CEO Angela Dabosky says last year, between their spring and fall Days of Caring events, about 1,200 volunteers completed more than 4,800 service hours. Learn more about how you can help out with this story on our website. Ohio U.S. Senator Sherrod Brown was in East Palestine again, where that train carrying toxic chemicals derailed last month. Senator Brown says he and Republican Senator J.D. Vance are working on legislation that would help should residents develop health problems stemming from the derailment. Making sure that anybody that develops any illnesses or cancers two years, five years, ten years down the road are taken care of. We're going to base it on the PACT Act, which I helped write, of those veterans that were exposed to those football field-sized burn pits and then two, three, five years later develop illnesses. Dave James, I went in news. The Putnam County Soil and Water Conservation District has been recognized by the Ohio Department of Agriculture for its commitment to conservation. The Department of Agriculture presented the H2 Ohio Lifetime Conservation Advocate Award to the Putnam County Soil and Water Conservation District for their outstanding H2 Ohio program delivery and administration. See a picture of the award presentation and learn more about Ohio's H2 Ohio program on our website. Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Now to our cover story this morning. Although the tax filing window opened in late January and the deadline isn't until April 18th this year, this is kind of the sweet spot for most filers, late February through mid-March. And while no one really looks forward to filing our taxes, we do look forward to the refund that most of us will get. In fact... Many people are relying on it. In a new bank rate survey, 75% of those getting a refund say they are relying on it to improve or even maintain their overall financial situation. But nearly 7 in 10 of those have at least one concern about that refund weighing on their mind. Bankrate senior industry analyst Ted Rossman joins us once again this morning. And Ted, there are a number of things that kind of jumped out at me in this survey. The first one being... Is it ever a good thing to rely on a tax refund? It is a bit worrisome. I mean, I understand it because everybody's dealing with high inflation and higher interest rates. And I think that makes the money especially significant this year. Ideally, you actually wouldn't get a refund at all. You would adjust your withholding so that you get the money in bits and pieces throughout the year. But I know the windfall feels nice. The average tax refund so far this year has been about $3,100. And even though that's down about 10% from last year, it's definitely still a significant amount of money. Right. Most people plan to use it very practically. 
and I guess it really kind of uh, begs the question, and maybe put, putting this in perspective, uh, as you were touching on, uh, are these numbers substantially different than in years past in terms of the number of people who say they are relying on this uh, influx of cash? Is there always this large a percentage of people who depend on their uh, refund, or are we seeing the effect of inflation and rising costs and higher interest rates kind of baked into these results? It's gotten bigger. 75% who expect a refund say the money's important to their overall financial situation. That's up from 67% a year ago. Most people plan to use this money either to pay down debt or to boost their savings. I think both of those are noble goals, especially paying off credit card debt because that average interest rate is right around 20%. Um, So I think a lot of people are really eager to get their hands on the money this year. Yeah, the good news is that only a very small percentage of people say that they need their tax refund to meet their day-to-day expenses. That is good news, although I would note that there is some spillover there. You know, a lot of people are financing day-to-day expenses on a credit card, so that's led credit card balances to their highest point on record. Credit card interest rates are hovering near record highs. It it reminds me of that whole K-shaped economy idea that basically the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. I think sometimes the macro statistics are more positive, and it kind of hides some of the troubles at the household level, unfortunately, you know, especially people with lower incomes and lower credit scores, they're the ones getting squeezed the most by high inflation and higher rates. And we also see young adults as a group that is especially nervous about tax refund season. They're, they're definitely counting on the money and you know, hoping it arrives soon. Well, that's, as we mentioned, uh, that 7 in 10 of those who are anticipating a refund do have concerns about said refund. What are people worried about? The biggest is that inflation will cut into the value of their refund, which unfortunately is probably true. Yeah. Uh, the second biggest worry is that the refund will be smaller than usual and not really good news on that front either because um, refunds probably will be smaller this year, mostly because those pandemic tax breaks have expired. Things like stimulus payments, the expanded child tax credit, Mm -hmm. um, the fact that you now have to itemize to get your charitable deduction and most people don't itemize there are a few other examples, but, you know, yeah, basically the end of the pandemic tax breaks is cutting into refunds. I go back to the 43 percent in the survey who say that their tax refund is very important to their financial situation. And it kind of brings to mind the point uh, you mentioned it earlier and we talk about it every year that the better financial strategy is not to get a big tax refund at all, but to maximize your earnings throughout the year by adjusting your withholding. And I wonder how many of those who uh, how many of those would be less reliant on that influx of cash if they were a little less strapped throughout the year? Mathematically, you're right. It's better not to get a refund. Psychologically, people like it, and it's nice to get that lump sum around tax time. Mm -hmm. Some people feel like they make better use of it when it comes as a windfall all at once. But I think it's also a good reminder. In general, yeah, it's better to more or less break even than to 
owe a lot or get a big refund. Mm -hmm. But I would also note that your tax return is kind of an x-ray of your financial situation. And it's a good time to reassess other changes also. You know, everything from retirement savings contributions to did your lifestyle change? Did you get married or divorced or have a child or, you know, all these things can impact your your tax situation and your withholdings, and it might make sense to refresh those if it's been a while. Uh, and adjusting your withholding, one of the tips that you have surrounding tax filing season, since we are so focused on our financial situation right now, what are some of the other things that you would suggest people do since it's top of mind at this time of year? One of the things that you can still do to impact your 2022 tax liability is to make an IRA contribution. You can do that up until tax day, which is April 18th this year, and count that as a deduction against 2022 taxes. So that is sort of doubly beneficial. There's the deduction, but there's also the fact that it's always great to be saving more for retirement. Now, I know it's easier said than done. Money's tight for a lot of people. Um, But I, I do think it's a good reminder, you know, if not that, maybe at least this is a good reminder to refresh your 401k contribution. Sometimes it's nice to bump that up, even just by a percentage point or two, like every year or every six months, or if you're fortunate enough to get a raise, that there's this kind of school of thought that if you do things regularly in small increments, that doesn't sting as much, but it can actually really add up and be beneficial. One of the other, again, we were talking about the uh, concerns that uh, people have. One of the other concerns, and it was about one in five, say that they are worried that their refund this year will be delayed. Are we seeing any delays in terms of the uh, time frame, the IRS getting those refunds out to people? The situation has definitely gotten better from last year. It's still not perfect, especially for paper returns. That's the big bugaboo for the IRS. Paper is a drawback. So I would say file electronically if you can. In that case, you should get your refund within two or three weeks, assuming that you're not subject to some kind of closer inspection or or weird exception or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But electronic is usually the way to go. You can do that for free through the IRS if your adjusted gross income is $73,000 or less. They actually will hook you up with some free software. If you're higher than that, they have some free forms that you can fill out and submit electronically. Some of the providers like TurboTax and Cash App have tax programs that you might be able to use for free even if your income's higher. Again, uh, Bankrate Senior Industry Analyst Ted Rossman this morning talking about their uh, latest survey on the tax refund and the insights on how people are feeling about that heading into the heart of tax season. You have all of the results from the survey along with some great tax tips for folks at your website, right? We do, yes. Bankrate's a great resource for all sorts of personal finance info, whether it's taxes or retirement savings or finding a new credit card. Uh, yeah, all that good stuff. And we will link that up on our webpage as well. Worth checking out. Ted Rosman, thanks very much for taking the time. As always, we appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. Oh, 
they say that all good things must come to an end, and unfortunately, the Trojans' basketball season came to an end this week with a three-point loss to St. John's in the D1 District Semifinals. On Wednesday's Coach's Corner, Finley head coach Jim Rookie reflected on this year's team and its accomplishments with play-by-play voice Tim Montgomery. Coach, what an outstanding season you guys had. Our guys had a great year. They they played so well together and played so hard every night and competed. And, you know, I always tell them before the game, you know, play hard. And a few weeks ago I said, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to tell you that. I don't need to tell you that. I know that that's a given. So uh, just have fun, play together, and uh, uh, it's really, really uh, an enjoyable year with these guys. I want to talk a little bit about some of your players, and let's start with Jake Bishop. He's done whatever you and the team has needed him to do for the team to be successful. You know, you just can't say enough good things about Jake. Uh, He's just so dependable, you know, and and, uh, I maybe said, said this before, but you know, you talk about players having seal, you know, like a high ceiling. That this kid has unlimited potential. His ceiling is really high. We talk about with Jake that his floor is really high. Right. You know, I know from from being around the high state basketball program a little bit with my son that they've recruited some guys, and every Division One program does this i think that you know they're trying to get five-star players and they get some guy that has a really high ceiling he could be he could be a tremendous player but he also might have a low floor where if things don't work out he's not he might not be a very good player right jake is never going to have that low floor like that he he's he's you know you know you're going to get something positive out of him and uh that's a nice thing to have especially when we would play teams that that we should really beat when you play clay that that you know was down or you play somebody elida and you're you know you're all those games are high stress games because you know everybody expects you to win right and uh, and you never win by and, enough and yeah and and you're thinking well what if we come out and don't play well you know or what if we don't shoot well well even if that happens you know jake's going to get find some way to get something done yeah, and and you and you're gonna you're gonna beat that team that, that that's not very good this year. So, um, just a tremendous competitor. The guy who I thought grew the most uh, during the year, Will Cordonier, your your post player, and uh, he was a little bit tentative. He was a little bit apprehensive in the early parts of the season, but around game five or six, he started to feel comfortable. And his ability to work the post or drop out past the arc and hit the jump shot it's a it's it's a dangerous combination you know i told our assistants last year in the probably not even halfway through the season that will is going to be a really good player i i could just see it and uh, i've seen enough kids come through that sometimes you can tell when this kid has has some qualities that you know, and and the big thing is that to go along with that is he he loves the game and he's going to keep playing and getting better. You know, he was in the gym shooting today. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't surprise before me. he went home. You know, I do want to t- just kind of touch on the other guys real quick here. When you this team and I, you and I had this conversation about three quarters of the way through the season. I've never seen a team across the board that embraced their roles, their individual roles within the team the way these guys have, whether you're talking Luke Wairau, Brody Barnes, uh, Ryan Montgomery, they all just fully embraced what they were supposed to do to be, for this team to be successful. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, just a really good group of guys that uh, accepted what, what they were supposed to do and uh, did it to the best of their ability every day. Yeah, you named some good ones there, the guys that just did what was needed to get done. Again, uh, Finley head coach Jim Rookie with Tim Montgomery reflecting on the uh, Trojans basketball season, which ends in the district semifinals earlier this week. Congratulations on a great season and already looking forward to next year. Well, if you are a lager aficionado, you may have heard about this, and if not, you'll want to hear about this. The beer that made Samuel Adams a household name just got better, it says here. Boston Lager has been remastered with a brighter profile to better match the preferences of today's beer lovers, uh, they go on to say. Uh, joining us this morning to talk more about it is the founder and brewer of Samuel Adams, Jim Cook. And Jim, what led the Boston Beer Company to remaster this classic, uh, this Boston Lager recipe? Because I'll be honest... When I first heard this, my initial thought was, did they learn nothing from the new Coke disaster years ago? <laughs> well, let me reassure you, Chris. This is not like new Coke and old Coke. Remastering Sam Adams Boston Lager was really part of a process that's been going on since I made the first batch of Sam Adams in my kitchen in 1984. <laughs> so we were the smallest brewery in America. Nobody had heard of even craft beer. Uh, the American beer landscape was kind of a wasteland. And, you know, it's now 38 years later. And during that whole time, as I made Sam Adams, I, I still taste every batch. And I was always looking to find the perfect glass of Sam Adams Boston Lager. I knew it existed and I knew I hadn't made it yet. So over all those years, I've been making tiny little tweaks here and there, little things the average beer drinker wouldn't notice. Mm -hmm. But to me, it made the beer better. But I haven't changed the recipe, still the same ingredients, but you know, the remastering of Boston Lager was using a traditional German brewing process. It's a little geeky. It's called biological acidification. And what that means is it brings out the clean, smooth sweetness of the malt and drops out some of the slightly rougher flavors that come in from the husk of the malt. Okay. So it's that simple. So does that mean that you feel now that you have finally perfected the recipe? You talk about how, you know, making little tweaks along the way for three decades now. Does that mean that you think you finally perfected it? Heck no. Um, <laughs> I'm not done yet. Uh, I, it's still out there, that perfect Boston lager. And it's still this crazy pursuit of perfection that's motivated me for decades. You talk about how, obviously, the brewing process of this particular recipe has evolved from when you were making, you know, the first batches, first early batches in your kitchen to where you are today, uh, just by virtue of the fact of scale, if nothing else. But how how has the process 
evolved over the years beyond the obvious? You know, honestly, it really hasn't evolved. I mean, we're still using the same equipment, bigger kettles, you know, bigger pipes. We're still aging the beer just as long as we always did. It still has the same long, slow lager fermentation. It still uses these kind of, you know, crazy sounding, very traditional brewing processes with names like decoction mash or <laughs> croisoning or dry hopping. So we still do all those painstaking, time-consuming things that we always did. Because, you know, for me, Sam Adams, as soon as it came out, like within the first year, it got picked as the best beer in America. And we went on to be the best beer in America four years running. So, you know, to me, the best beer in America just got better. So, um like you were mentioning earlier, really kind of started the whole craft beer revolution. I mean, I don't know how you could say it any uh, differently. It has certainly been a revolution in the industry. Talk about how, you know, you look at that, uh, everything that has come since and how craft brews have really exploded in popularity. Your, kind of place in that legacy and the evolving preferences of beer lovers today and how that's impacted your company. I'm very proud of the role that Boston Beer Company and, and Samuel Adams, Boston Lager in particular, have played in creating what is the best beer scene in the world. Today, uh, American small independent brewers like Sam Adams are making the best beer in the world. We are the most creative brewers in the world. And today the rest of the world looks at small independent craft brewers like Sam Adams for inspiration about creating a beer culture and for our creativity in pushing the flavor and taste profiles of beer. So today, Americans are no longer the laughing stock of the world. We're the role model for brewers all over the world. And I couldn't be happier uh, to see the craft brewing scene go from, you know, Sam Adams and a couple of other lunatic fringe crazy people trying to make great beer to 10,000 craft brewers here in the United States. So obviously your company has grown exponentially since those early days. You still feel a kinship with those local and regional, uh, you know, micro brews today. Oh, absolutely. We're, you know, I mean, Sam Adams has been pretty successful, but, uh, Sam Adams is less than a half a percent of the U S beer market. Yeah. Uh, we're just, you know, the same small, scrappy brewer that we've always been. And, and we're watching the evolution of the consumer. And, and what I'm seeing is, you know, for the last 15 years, craft beer has been dominated by IPAs. You know, IPA this, IPA that. Mm-hmm. Everybody had to make IPAs uh, and you know, put lots of hops in the beers. And it, it's a great thing. But today... You know, people are starting to get IPA'd out, uh, and they're starting to get kind of hop fatigue, and they're rediscovering the 
elegance and the complexity of a great lager. You know, lagers are aged way longer than ales, like four times as long, so Mm -hmm. they're smoother and they're fermented more slowly and at cooler temperatures. Uh, So they develop more complex flavors from that. It's not no longer all about just putting massive amounts of hops and creating really bitter beers. A lager has this beautiful balance between body and sweetness of the malt and the spiciness and the bitterness of the hops. And Sam Adams Boston Lager is the best example I can give you of that balance, that beautiful balance. Again, uh, the founder and brewer of Samuel Adams, uh, Jim Cook, with us this morning talking about their remastered classic Boston lager. Uh, Where do we get more information, Jim? You just go to SamuelAdams.com. There we go. If you can't remember Sam Adams, SamuelAdams.com. You know, put down that beer and stop drinking. <laughs> we'll get it just in case. We'll get a link up on our webpage as well. Jim Cook, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Cheers, man. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. <laughs> Gentleman by the name of uh, Patrick Wohan uh, from uh, Maryland. He is uh, under arrest. <clears throat> was arrested for possession and distribution of child pornography um cops say that a social media account uh linked to uh, mr wohan was in possession of and distributing suspected uh, uh erotic images uh involving minors uh he's 47 years old facing 56 counts in the case uh being held at the department of corrections uh the reason we bring this up in the broken news is that uh, Patrick Gohan is the mayor of College Park, Maryland. The mayor of College Park, Maryland. Uh, actually, I should say the former mayor. He has resigned. You might expect. Man. I'll tell you. Uh, let's see here. Speaking of uh, people behaving badly, two men. Uh, this is in uh, Stanton, Stanton County, Northwest of Omaha, Nebraska, two men are accused of shooting and killing a bald eagle. Nebraska authorities say the men plan to cook and eat our national bird. (laughs) Plan to cook and eat the eagle. The two 20-year-olds have been charged with unlawful possession of an eagle. It's a protected bird, obviously. The sheriff's office said the men could be charged with more serious offenses as the investigation continues. A plan to eat the eagle. <clears throat> All right. A 28-year-old, did you hear about this? A 28-year-old man from Florida is behind bars uh, after bilking about $2 million from the federal government. Uh, Valeski Barosi. Uh, Broward County, Florida, has been sentenced to spend the next six years behind bars. He is said to have applied for roughly $4 million in Paycheck Protection Program loans during the pandemic. Um, Mr. Barossi, who reportedly dropped out of high school, uh, claimed to be the president of V. Barossi Solutions Incorporated, 
uh, is accused of forging his loan applications to the Small Business Administration. Prosecutors say he falsified information about employee payrolls, IRS tax forms, and more to secure about half the money that he had applied for. Uh, again, the PPP loan program is meant to help businesses through the pandemic. He instead used the money to treat himself to uh, luxury items like watches, handbags, clothes, and a white Lamborghini. <laughs> what? What? A white Lamborghini. I'm not sure that that's exactly what the PPP program was designed to. Um, he made the mistake of flaunting his new wealth on social media and amassed a following of roughly 110,000 people. So that was probably his biggest undoing right there. <laughs> How often? I mean, that just seems to be the thing uh, these days, right? Is uh, people doing dumb things and then bragging about it on social media like nobody's going to catch on. Dumb. 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 <clears throat> From the international file, the broken news... Uh, China has banned women from modeling underwear online. They think this is inappropriate. So what to do if you have a company that sells women's underwear online? I know women can't model the, uh, the undergarments. So they have come up with a unique solution. Men are donning lingerie in live streams online to get around the rule and uh, show off the clothing to their customers. Uh, Push-up bras, corsets, lacy nightgowns. <laughs> Companies that feature women in revealing clothing are routinely shut down. So one business owner identified only as Mr. Zhu says, personally, we don't have a choice. The designs can't be modeled by our female colleagues. So we use our male colleagues to model it. It, it is unclear how long this loophole will work. The Chinese live stream shopping industry is about a $700 billion industry per year. That's, I mean, big bucks at stake here. So far, the Chinese government hasn't shut down the male models dressing in women's lingerie. <laughs> uh, let's see. How about this from the international file? An ice cream parlor in Germany has come up with a unique new flavor. Cricket ice cream. That's right. You heard correctly. Cricket ice cream. Thomas Michelino's uh, ice cream parlor in Rottenburg, Germany, is known for its unique flavors. Um, under European, un uh, European Union law, EU law, crickets can be eaten, uh, frozen, dried, or used as a powder. So the ice cream is made of cricket flour, heavy cream, and honey. Scoops are topped with dried crickets. According to the shop's Instagram page, it has a surprising yummy taste. <laughs> well, I'll take your word for it. I'm not gonna... No. No, thank you. <laughs> I know. I, lo I love ice cream as much as the next guy, but just no. <laughs> Somebody call Deeches. They can do a cricket ice cream. No, probably not. And finally, in the uh, bro broken news, 
this morning. Um, this is kind of the dream of every parent to surprise your kids with a Disney vacation, right? Jocelyn Martin from Long Island, New York, couldn't wait to watch the reaction of her daughters, Delaney, age nine, and Drew, age five, and their reaction when she surprised them by telling them they were going to Disney World. Apparently, she had been planning the vacation for months, and she says, I thought that they would see their suitcases and just lose their minds. They lost their minds, all right. Uh, according to this uh, news report, and this is a... Uh, This is a video that was shared on TikTok, so it made the news. And unsuspecting Delaney and Drew are seen coming home from school. And when mom announces that they are going to Disney World, Delaney looks absolutely horrified and begins to cry. And then Drew begins to cry. And no, these are not happy tears. These are sobs. These two kids are sobbing when they find out they're going to Disney. Um, Mom says, as it turns out, they're both terrified of heights. And that what set them off was the idea of getting on an airplane to (laughs) to go to Disney. And then, of course, the two kids were feeding off each other and it just became a whole mess. But (laughs) I think they're going to Disney Uh, Anyway, I think that they uh, were able to uh, convince them that everything was going to be okay. They're going to get to go, but (laughs) not the reaction that she was initially hoping for. There you go. That is today's broken news report. A look at the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Ever wonder what being a Findlay Rotarian is all about? I'm Angela Dabosky, CEO of the United Way of Hancock County. Being a Rotarian offers meaningful connections with community leaders and to what's going on in organizations across Hancock County. To become part of an organization that brings together business, professional leaders to provide community service and advance goodwill, all part of a worldwide service club, contact Findlay Rotary at FindlayRotary.org and click on Join. This message provided by WFIN. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. At what point in your life should you really have grown-up furniture in your home? (laughs) This new survey of 2,000 people, uh, they asked about uh, so-called fast furniture. These are furniture pieces that are inexpensive, mass-produced, designed to be quickly assembled and quickly replaced i'm looking at you ikea and solder you know the the cheap furniture that you buy in the box you put it together everybody has some of these pieces in their home right um so it's cheap uh it's uh well i want to say relatively easy to put together some pieces are more so than others but according to this uh this survey a majority of americans believe that by age 28 you should no longer have such cheap furniture in your home. Uh, Results show that 52% of Americans currently own fast furniture, but 56% believe that it is only acceptable to have fast furniture in your 20s. (laughs) Once you get to uh, age 28, you you should have real grown-up actual furniture. Uh, Respondents say that when you're headed toward the big 3-0, 
That is the age when people should move away from fast furniture. Uh, Even though over half of those in the poll admit that they have fast furniture in their homes. Nearly 47% admit that they have judged someone who had such fast furniture in their home as an adult. So <laughs> you you are being judged. If people come over to your house and they see a bunch of that uh, Ikea or solder stuff uh, in, your, in your home, just know that you are being judged. Once again, my wife, Kyra, has joined us in the studio this morning with another collection of recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. Good morning. Good morning. All bright-eyed and bushy-tailed here this morning. (laughs) And uh, it is Lent, uh, the Lenten season, and a lot of folks will uh, not eat meat on uh, Lent, uh, either on Fridays or at all. Mm -hmm. Some people don't do that at all. If that is you, uh, we thought we would uh, highlight some... Lenten-themed, meat-free recipes uh, in Kyra's Kitchen this morning. And even if you're not giving up meat for Lent, these are some yummy... Still really good. I'm not giving up meat, and I I had the... uh the grilled mozzarella sandwich and it was really yeah. good. That is the uh, the main dish here this morning. Yes. Uh, a grilled mozzarella sandwich. Yes. So, so you have four slices of wheat bread or any your favorite bread. Um, I use uh, wheat bread because that's what I had here. Mm-hmm. Uh, four mozzarella cheese slices, one large tomato sliced, a half a red pepper cut in chunks, four heaping tablespoons of uh, basil pesto two tablespoons of grated Parmesan and salt and pepper to taste. So mix the pesto with the Parmesan, the salt, and the pepper, and then set that aside. Then butter each side of your bread. Uh, Place two slices of bread um, on your air fryer grill, or if you have a panini maker, I have an air fryer grill, so that's what I did. Yeah, panini maker. You know what, I I was just thinking... Uh, sourdough. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. on a panini press. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. That would be yeah. yummy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, spread your pesto mixture on top of the bread. Then add your mozzarella cheese, your tomatoes, your red peppers, and then another slice of cheese. And then put your top uh, slice of bread on, on with the butter side up, of mm-hmm. course, because you're going right. to flip it. Right. So. Allow the cheese to melt and the veggies to soften. Uh, once that's done, uh, then you can flip your flip it over, mm-hmm. let it get golden brown on both sides, um, and then remove, slice, and enjoy. Yeah. So if you do it with a panini maker, um, I would suggest um, don't close the lid of your panini maker um, until your your uh, veggies are nice and soft. Oh, okay. So, All right. Yeah. So a little hack there. For, yeah. Uh, using your uh, panini maker. Now, yeah. uh, to go along with the grilled mozzarella sandwich, we have a recipe for tomato basil soup. Yes. So one and two eighths ounce ounce cans of crushed tomatoes, one cup of tomato juice, uh, one cup of vegetable broth, one and a half tablespoons of white sugar, 14 fresh basil leaves, um, and have those diced up, one cup of heavy cream, a half a cup of butter, salt and pepper to taste, and grated Parmesan cheese um, is optional for the top of it. So, uh, pour tomato, the tomatoes, the juice, and the broth in a large saucepan. Simmer over medium heat for about 30 minutes. Remove the pan from the heat and place the tomato mixture into your blender or your food processor. 
um, and then uh, process that until it's nice and smooth. Uh, add the basil leaves, uh, blend that together, kind of puree that. Um, then place the basil tomato mixture back into your large pot. Uh, place it, the saucepan over medium low heat. Stir in your heavy cream and your butter. Season with some salt and pepper and then heat the mixture slowly while stirring to blend until it's all nice mm-hmm. and, and blend, and blend all it that all together. together with the because you're going to really tell with the butter. Um, Once that it takes melts. a little while. Yeah, yeah but it yeah. takes a little while for it to all get mixed together. Mm-hmm. But then uh, but don't let it boil. So you want to really keep it on that that medium low yeah. heat. Yeah. Uh, then ladle the soup into bowls, sprinkle with some cheese and. This is Enjoy. like this is like uh, toasted cheese and tomato soup for grownups. Yes, yes. <laughs> there you go. That's what it is. Yes. Um, and now I would suggest this is just me. Um, now the grilled mozzarella sandwich has tomato slices, and right. then you've got the tomato basil soup. So right. if that's a little tomato overload yeah. for you, you can delete the uh, tomato slices from yeah. the sandwich, oh, yeah. and it's still very good. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it's really. But good. anyway, just and you know, the no. big thing I use the Roma tomatoes, not a regular tomato. Oh, okay. Because Roma tomatoes are a little bit more meatier than your regular tomatoes. Okay. So um, I did do that for the too. sandwich. For the sandwich. sandwich. Okay, so something to keep in mind there. And this would be great, again, whether you're observing meatless Fridays on Lent or... With the weather that's going to be today, is, we're going to yeah. have, uh, you know, it's going to be windy and rainy and yeah. kind of a gray, dreary day. Yes. Perfect, perfect tomato recipes soup and for that. Cheese. Tomato soup come. and toast and cheese for grownups. <laughs> uh, for dessert, we have, and this is kind of playing off, we were talking with uh, the uh, folks at Sam Adams uh, Boston Lager, uh, talking about their reformulation of their uh, popular beer, beer, which I'm still not uh, entirely convinced on uh, that idea. But anyway, <laughs> we've got uh, the recipe inspired by that the beer bread muffins yes so four cups of baking mix like bisquick Mm -hmm. um and then a half uh or a quarter cup of sugar a half a teaspoon of salt 12 ounce uh can of beer or Mm -hmm. bottle right just 12 ounces 12 ounces uh two tablespoons of butter melted (laughs) if you have a bottle of beer you can enjoy the other four ounces yourself there you go yes (laughs) So preheat your oven to 375 degrees, spray a muffin tin with baking powder, or you can put your your liners in if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, in your stand mixer or a large bowl with a whisk, combine the biscuits, the bisquick, the sugar, the salt, and the beer uh, until just combined. Then let it sit for about five minutes, mm-hmm. kind of firm. From you know, kind of ferment, ferment. Uh, yeah, that's what I firm up, yeah, yeah, yeah. just kind of get it all blended Um, together. It It just it gets kind of it bubbles a little bit, so because of the beer, so um, so I'm you want to let that process happen, yes, yes, uh, that's kind of the beer is kind of your yeast. Okay. Uh, sure. Scoop. Yep. So scoop the batter into the mix uh, muffin tins. Bake for about ten minutes. Um, I do the thumb test to make sure it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, then take them out, brush them with your melted butter, um, and then bake for an additional ten minutes, and that'll get that top kind of nice and yummy, crusty. Yeah. And then take it out and enjoy. And I'm thinking you can try that with uh, various different beers. Oh, yeah. You know, maybe yeah. Uh, a dark you know, your, beer, yeah. a lighter beer. And just yeah. 
kind of experiment I don't know, with that. Maybe a, a fruity beer, you know. Yeah, because yeah. there are all kinds of yeah. uh, different craft beers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would imagine each one of them would give it just a slightly yeah. different taste. Yeah. So you can Wonder experiment. If you could with do that. like the blue moon and then squeeze an orange yeah, in it, just like, like you drink your yeah. blue moon. That's why I, I drink why. my blue moon. Yeah, <laughs> so, I have to uh, yeah. try. That. Well, if uh, folks experiment with that, yes. if you want to experiment with that and uh, try different uh, beers, you can kind of post about your experience on the Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page. All of these recipes are posted there, right? We've yep. got them up there yep. at uh, Kyra, at Kyra's Kitchen WFIN, the uh, Facebook page with all of the recipes. And if you've got a, uh, a hack to share or some way that you have yep. uh, customized that recipe or added your own twist, you can yep. certainly uh, share Please that. Know. You can uh, share your, uh, your favorite recipes that we may put on the uh, program. Or if you have a request for something uh, that you would like, uh, we will... Uh, entertain those requests too. The uh, Kyra's Kitchen Facebook page again at Kyra's Kitchen WFIN on Facebook. It is also linked up at GoodMornings.net. Next week we've got a uh, what you got a fish recipe? Is that yes. right? Next uh, so yes. next week have a uh, fish recipe. Yeah. So another uh, Lent friendly yeah. uh, recipe coming those, up. Those were really week. good too. So, yeah, we just had those. Yeah. Oh boys. Yeah. Um. So something to look forward to there. My wife Kyra. Thanks very much. You're welcome. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the program at our webpage. And that, of course, is goodmornings.net. Coming up Monday on the show, one bright spot to come out of the pandemic was that many employers began to take the mental health of their employees seriously. Are they still? And what could they still be doing better? It's another Mental Health Monday. So until Monday morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day, a great weekend. We'll catch you back here next week.